Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm Yvette Walker, your host for this podcast on finding the true meaning of God's joy. Joy is not a feeling, it's faith. And my guests and I will talk about how to avoid falling down the rabbit hole of chasing physical or emotional joy. In this season, we'll tackle spiritual growth as we discover the true joy of the Lord. Whispering in His Ear, the devotional, explores talking and listening to God's message for us. Now, read God's voice and how to listen, a new companion study guide to the original devotional that provides discussion questions and more insight to the scripture that reveals how God talks to us. Get the series on Amazon. Angie Barman experienced God's faithfulness in the middle of her worst day. She and her family were in an accident, and when she opened her eyes, God didn't promise that she or her kids would be okay, but He promised He was with her. It was all she needed in that moment. Her ministry, Live Steady On, is an outgrowth of His faithfulness. Here's Angie. Hi, Angie. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think we're going to have a great conversation. I'm so excited. Thank you for the invitation, Yvette. Yes, you are welcome. I love what you are doing in your online ministry and the Live Steady On website and the Stronger Together podcast. You know, I love your online ministry and how you are ministering to so many uh, amazing people out there. Uh, I want my audience to get to know you a little bit better. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm a pastor and a Bible teacher and a writer and a podcaster, and I wear those kind of hats. But one of the things that I've come to share with people a lot over the last few years doing this kind of ministry, and since I started Steady On, is that I'm a trauma and abuse survivor. And I've had, I have experienced so much healing and freedom through knowing God in his word. And so as I teach the Bible, one of the things that I really try to communicate is that the faithfulness of God, I was just studying the verse in Hebrews 13, 8, that says Jesus is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. The faithfulness of God that runs through those Bible stories is the faithfulness of God in our lives. And so I talk to a lot of women, mostly some men, but mostly women who are really looking for the evidence of the faithfulness of God in their hard stories, you know, maybe in their hard seasons. And, and I'm attracted to what you do because really it's about when we can connect with Jesus in our story, then we connect with the joy. Do we not? Like that's, he, he is joy. And so we can connect with him no matter what we're going through. So the tagline of Steady On is that change happens on the inside. And I really am a firm believer in that. And so that's what I do. That's kind of what I'm about. And I live in Southern Illinois and I'm married to Matt. We've been married 23 years. We have two sons, Alex, who is 17. He's a senior in high school. He's just about to graduate from high school. So we're starting that whole like transition. Um, One of the kids is about to launch sort of thing. And I'm so happy and so sad at the same time. And then we have a junior high son. He's 12. He's in sixth grade. His name is Josh. So that's that's my home, my family. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. You've got some transitions coming up, but, but the little yes. one, the, the, the littler, he's not yes. little, but the little, don't tell one, him. <laughs> I know. Right. He's going to be, he's going to be with you for a little while. So. Yes, he will. No, yes, he will. I, I love what you say about the connection because I've talked to so many people who really have not just great stories, but who are really trying to minister to others by encouraging people to know that God is with them now. And so, you know, I say, you know, we look for God in the everyday. Yes. And, you know, he moves in us little by little, like, like you say on your website. Yeah. And it's the idea that, yes, I mean, he certainly can heal us in a way that really nothing or no one else can. But there are people who struggle to see it really happening. And so we have to go deep in the word. We have to remember his promises and we have to look for the joy that is his joy, not necessarily what we think joy is. And so I also love what you're doing and I appreciate, you know, um, how you have found him and how you have found real healing in him. And I certainly would like to explore that a little bit with you, if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about the time when you began to feel like you needed this, this extra, this healing and, and, and what happened? In, in the summer of 2010, our family of four was involved in a head-on car crash and the recovery process for that was very long. My older son was hurt very badly as was I. We had eight surgeries between us, long hospitalizations. I was in rehab for nine months. So it was a very long road. And it was one of the most significant seasons of my life when I learned just very personally what it means to trust God. Um, I remember a very pivotal experience. I was sitting on my couch. And so it was me. I was broken enough that I didn't move from chair to bed. I didn't walk. I didn't go to the bathroom by myself. I couldn't go upstairs in our house. Like I had to have full-time caregiver and my son, my older son, both of his arms were broken. So he had to have a full-time caregiver, the baby Josh that I was talking about a moment ago. He was only seven months old at the time. He had to have a full-time caregiver. So I had gone from being this mom, pastor, taking care of all the things, keeping all the balls in the air to doing nothing for myself, nothing for my children, nothing for my home. And I just was so lost, Yvette. You know, I just, I, how did I get here? How did this happen to me? How are we ever going to get our lives back? You know, and I can remember one evening, just a powerful memory where every once in a while, this was several weeks after the accident, probably a couple months even. And every once in a while, just kind of this group of family members and close friends would gather because they would they would bring their calendars. Um, this was before we had a lot of apps. You know, it was kind of like at the beginning of that kind of thing. They would bring their paper calendars, you know, most of them, and they would talk about how they were going to cover us for the next, you know, week or 10 days because we had to have all this help. And it was kind of humiliating to me, honestly. And I got, I would get very angry about it because I wanted to be the one in charge. You know, I wanted to be the one controlling all those things. And here were all these people, but they had propped me up in the corner of a couch and I didn't want to listen to what was going on. And so I asked them to bring my iPod and I put my earbuds in and I started just listening to some music and I listened to like a, you know, an 80s pop song because that's my jam. And I listened to a couple of country songs and then the song Born Again by Third Day. I don't know if you're familiar with that song. Mm -hmm. It came through my earbuds and it makes me emotional just thinking about it. And I heard those words that I'd heard before, right? 
And they talked about how today I finally found myself and it um, it wasn't at all what I was expecting. Like who, who I found wasn't the man that I thought it would be is what he's singing. And it's like, and it says, I feel like I've been born again. I feel like I'm living and I'm feeling like I'm living for the first time in my life. And I just felt the Lord open my heart to this idea that if you will open your hands and your heart to this experience, what seems like wreckage and brokenness and destruction, you look around and you see ashes, you see everything you've lost, but I'm telling you I'm in this and I'm about to do something in your life. If you let me, because we have so much choice about what we let him do. If you let me work with you in this, I'm going to take you to a place of joy. You're going to find a place of joy that you have been wanting and never have found before. And it began to open my heart, Yvette, to just a really different way to look at what was going on. I will not say that everything magically changed. And then I was happy and not mad anymore because that would not be true. But it did begin a process for me to trust him in my circumstance. And I started this little journal. I had a little sort of joy journal. I don't think I called it that necessarily, but I will for right here. And every day I didn't even write at first. I was too broken. I didn't have the ability to write or hold a pen, but every day I would have somebody write down something good that happened to me in that day. Like today I brushed my own teeth, you know, today I got to see the baby today, whatever. Um, and then over time I began to make those lists for myself and it just, it did begin to change. And I would see the faithfulness of God, the same that I was just saying, the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, the God that I had worshiped before the crash is the same God that I'm worshiping in these circumstances. And he will be here tomorrow. And so it's a little bit of a long answer, but that was a season where he really got a hold of my heart. And from the trust that was built in that circumstance, it was after that, then when he invited me to look at the abuse and trauma in my background, that my heart was tender and willing to trust in that healing because he had been so real to me in those months when I was so broken physically. I could take my emotional brokenness to him more easily, more mm -hmm. willingly, because I had experienced him in my physical brokenness before. Wow. So you said that you loved and believed and trusted him before the accident. And then after the accident, you had to look at that trust again. You had to see that trust perhaps in a different way. So this is, this is how many years ago was that? It was 2010. So yeah, about 11 yeah, years 11. ago. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So 11 years past that, do can you look back and see what your trust looked like before the accident? I mean, you thought you trusted, you thought you yes. believed and had mm -hmm. faith. And then now it's, di it's different. So what, yeah. what's the difference? Do you think? I think for me, I hadn't, I had experienced bad things in my life before that, but I had never sort of had that. I, I kind of laugh now and say, when life hits you head on. And I, because I think we all know what that means. It doesn't necessarily for me, and it, it meant a literal head on crash, right? But we all know what that means. It's a divorce. It's a, it's a betrayal. It's a, a loss. You know, you're, it, it's something that you're like, I don't know how I got here, you know, and everything in my life now feels right now unrecognizable. And the question really for me from God, I felt like was, um, this is where sort of the rubber meets the road, if you will, so, you know, sort of thing. Like this is where, not it, not like a test. I mean, well, there was nothing cruel about it. It was all kind and loving and invitational, but it was, it was a opportunity to say your faith muscle can be strengthened here. Your trust muscle can be strengthened here because if if you believe and trust in me in this circumstance, then 
you will know that I am the God who I say I am at a very different level. And so I think it's just when you face those unmet expectations at a new level, if you will, you know? Um, And I think also, Yvette, I spent a lot of time earning God's trust. I mean, earning God's love and trusting him that he loved me. And not, and I say that like sarcastically, cause we don't actually need to do that, but I did good things for God. Right. And that's what made me valuable to him. I, I wouldn't have even been articulate that, but I know now that's what I kind of thought. And when you can't do anything for him, but you experience his love anyway, mm, that's, that's something that kind of wrecked my heart. I think in the best way it can be wrecked. Wow. So there's, the way you're speaking, the words that you're that you're using, it's almost I, I think like a dichotomy to some people. Mm. Um, wrecked but loving. Yes. Um, you know, making you go through something, but not in not in a cruel way, you said. Mm-mm. But so but there are so many people who do believe that God lets these bad things happen to people, that God is cruel for doing this. How can we send out an encouraging and inspiring message to people. And how can you certainly, cause you've experienced this, that, that no, he is not a cruel God. Yes. Bad things can happen, but he can bring us through it because I think for a lot of people, and even for some of us who want to really, really believe yes. um, we can, we can, we can lose our way. We can get off. the Yes. Path. Yes. And this was a long road. Like these are some of the highlights and that these are the lessons learned looking back 10 years, 11 years. Right. And so there were definitely really difficult moments in all of, you know, in all of that. And I I will tell you 18 months after the accident, I experienced a brain bleed from a complication of something they were trying to do. And that was additionally challenging, right? Because I'm like, I've done all this work to climb up. And sometimes when we feel like we've done all this work and then we get beat back down, we can question that God again, right? And say, how did I end up here? So, um, you know, so I think that to answer your question though, the thing that I want to encourage people with, and that has, this is one of the main lessons I've learned from everything. And that is to be patient with God. If it feels like he's not being good to you, when it feels like he's not being good to me, then I have to call on that promise I will never leave nor forsake you, right? Joshua 1, 5. I will never leave nor forsake you. I love you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31, 3, I think is what that is, right? You are a masterpiece, Ephesians 2, 10. These promises that are so important to me, um, I think we call on those and we say, he, I don't feel this right now. And so I need to be patient to see what's unfolding. Can we be patient and sit with God and let him work, not because he needs the time, and this is a big thing for me, not because he needs the time to work, but because he's doing something in our heart that we have to be able to receive over time, not instantaneously. And so will we sit and choose to trust when we don't feel like trusting is the smart thing to do? I think that's the key. That has been for me. Oh boy, that is powerful. I mean, that is amazing. And you mentioned um, the third day song. Yes. And, and, and I love, I love Christian songwriters and musicians because they are able through the gifts that God gave them to, to bring scripture to us in a way that maybe we, you know, we may not be in the Bible every day, but we hear this song and this song, God is, God is talking to us through this music. I mean, I really, I 
completely agree and feel this way because it has, it has happened to me. Me too. In one of my lowest moments, it was Matthew West song more that mm. was on K-Love in the middle of the night when I couldn't stop crying. I mean, it's, and, and it's the reminder of the promise. I love you more than the sun and the moon and all these things I've created. I love you more. Yeah. And so I appreciate, I appreciate this music, but it's, but, and the music is the music, but the music is a reminder. Yes. Yeah, it is the word in a different way so much, which means, you know, to me, it's like living like the word and I can hear a song I've heard a lot of times, like I can read a Bible story I've read a lot of times and then in that day, in that moment, the spirit does something new in it. And that's just a really practical thing. You know, if you, if anyone that's listening is really in a bad season or struggling or you're having to sit with God as he unfolds. I think one of the most powerful tools I have is a playlist on my phone, you know, where I go to those songs and I'm like, I'm not feeling the promise right now, but I'm claiming it. And it's, uh, and it's, you know, this song is what's reminding me to claim it, Uh, find a scripture or two that just, just pray it until you're almost sick of it, but you're not, you know, and listen to those songs and just bury that truth in your heart. He will, God honors the heart that honors him. Mm, So good. So you have, you have learned a lot. You have, over these years, uh, he has given you this wisdom. You have been patient and you've done everything you needed to do. So now you have all this material and this wisdom that you can share and that you are sharing with others. So tell us a little bit about how that started, how you started uh, Live Steady On and what made you want to give, I guess, to give back, to give up this information that he was able to impart to you? Yeah, I thank you. I was teaching, I was a Bible teacher with Precept Ministries. I don't know if you're familiar with Precept Bible Studies, but it's an inductive Bible study. And um, I did, you know, 20 or more classes like that. I had this small committed group of ladies that we met on Tuesday mornings and we just studied the Bible very deeply. And kind of that with my personal experiences there was something that stirred in me. I can't quite describe it, but if you know that Holy Spirit stirring, I think it's probably a little bit different in everybody, but there was this Holy Spirit stirring that studying the Bible together uh, in community like that was there's something synergy, like one plus one is bigger than two, right? When we all study it individually and then we come together and talk about it and study it, we learn even more. And and there was just, there was just like an electricity sometimes in those classes. And I love teaching so much. And So I began doing some like weekend retreats and some, just some things like that, that were sort of expanding. And then I began writing my own material and teaching it. And so it just kind of evolved like that. I, I wrote a couple of Bible studies and, and then I started putting my voice, pressing record when I was talking that turned into a podcast. So it's kind of been an, an, the ministry has been an unfolding and uh, it's beautiful. And I love seeing what's happening. And like anything else, there are days that I tell my husband, I'm quitting. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, so it's like anything else. It's sort of that continuation to uh, trust God in the calling, even though when some days I'm like, I don't even know if anybody's listening. <laughs> but if you're like me, when you have one of those days, he will send you something. Oh my goodness. That's when you get a text or a message through Instagram. It's like, you just don't know I needed to hear this today. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll get up and do it again tomorrow. Right? So true. Exactly. That has exactly happened to so many of us. Yeah. 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 So I want to ask you, so we've talked about trust and, and what that looked like for you. Um, but part of that trust is knowing that 
that he had you and that he loves you. And so can you tell me a time when you, through these, through these 11 years, or maybe more at the beginning of it, when you were really trying to, when you were trying to heal both physically and emotionally and spiritually, where you can recognize God's really undying love for you. Can you, is there a time that you actually can remember and and, and tell us? I think one very early on, I will share a memory. The first thing that pops into my mind is right, even at the crash site, um, I was unconscious for quite, I, I came, I was in and out of consciousness in the van um, before the first responders got to us. And I have, so I have just a few memories of that. And then I don't have a memory of getting removed from the van. They had to take me out of the van, but I do remember coming to consciousness in the back of the uh, ambulance. And before that, I guess, or maybe I don't, I don't know my timeline very well, but at some point I remember being strapped to a gurney and I could only, I couldn't move my head at all or anything like that. But I remember opening my eyes to the bluest sky that I have ever seen. And it wasn't a cloud in that sky. It was a June afternoon. And I didn't know I didn't know if I was okay. I didn't know if I was dying. I didn't know if my family was okay. I knew I really, I didn't understand what had happened, but I looked into that sky and I just had the most intimate flooding of peace that I have ever had in my life. And I was so sure it was as if he was laying right there with me or that he was in the first responder. You know, I just, I could hear the activity around but I didn't even have a desire to understand because I was just so connected to this just sense of presence. And I've called, I've called on that memory dozens of times in the last decade or so as other things that are confusing or scary, or I can't fix or control (laughs) or get all the information I want. And I remember that sense of peace and it reminds me of Moses in Exodus 33, when God begins to move in his heart and it's almost time to go into the promised land, you know, he begins to kind of prepare him for that. And the only thing Moses says to God is, if you're not going, don't make us go. And I think about that sometimes because when I think I need to figure something out, right, I need to work all these pieces because I'm like, you know, a little bit of a, I'm not a control freak necessarily. I just like to have my plans and I like to execute my plans, you know, so maybe that is control. Um, But when I get into that rhythm and it's not working out the way I want it to, I remember that sense of peace and knowing that he was going to work in that situation and I can pick that up and put it down and be confident that he's going to work in this situation too. Wow. Do you, do you think it was at the time you just knew he was with you and really no matter what was happening, that wasn't important. The important part was that he was with you. That's it. And that was okay. I wasn't scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the promise, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The promise is not that things aren't going to yeah. be great all no. the time. He didn't say you're not going to die. He didn't say everybody's okay. He didn't say, and he just said, I'm with you, which is what he says to Moses too, right? Like I am just tell him it's, I am sent you. It doesn't answer all of his questions. Like when he first is calling him like earlier, like in Exodus three, you know, what if they don't listen to me? What about this? What I can't speak. I don't, you know, all of these objections and questions. And he had all these things that he wanted God to deal with. And God just said, "Mm -mm, I'm going. That's, that's really all over and over again. When people ask him for specifics, God just simply says to them, I'm with you. That's all you need to worry about. Yes. 
So as a Bible study teacher, I mean, and, and we've already talked about several uh, verses even so far, but do you have a favorite? Is there a favorite that just touches your heart? <laughs> I do. <laughs> so the study on ministry, the verse for that is Psalm 40, verse two, which says, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. And I cling to that verse because it's not who I am, but it's who I want to be. I am steady when I trust him and I slip and slide all around when I try to do stuff in my own resources. And I am, you know, I'm sharing here a few things that I've learned and that I know, but, you know, catch me on a day where this and that and all that, you know, the first thing I try to do is fix it myself and, and rein it in. And, and, you know, instead of opening my hands to that unfolding process I was talking about, I cling tight, right? And try to figure out how Angie can solve all this. And and I just remember that verse helps me remember. He has just, it feels like he just has like a, a firm, gentle hand on my back, steady me, urging me to take a step forward. And um, yeah. And so that's, that's the one that I cling to all the time. He steadied me as I walked along. Mm. We've mostly talked about the accident and what happened afterward, but you did mention that through the process, it brought up some, some memories of abuse. And while I don't necessarily need to get into all of that right now, um, have you, I wonder if you have understood or if he's revealed to you, was there a reason for that? And have you maybe talked to other women where there's been some kind of a accident or crisis that has done the same thing? Have, have you experienced that? Yeah, I tell you, and I, it's not that I didn't have memories of the abuse before, but what I didn't recognize was that I couldn't push it any longer. Like I just, I pretended like it didn't have any effect on my life. It was so long ago. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to worry about that. And the thing that it has given me is the ability to look and say, this is how the abuse in your younger years affects your decisions and your relationships today. And that is a very messy and difficult process. At least it has been for me, but yes, I do talk about, I do, when I talk about this and I'm happy to share whatever's helpful for you and your listeners, Yvette, so feel free to ask. But when I talk about this with people, it is humbling and ridiculously sad and awful and so joyous all at the same time, because women will often say to me, I've never said this to anybody, mm -hmm. you know, or, and they'll tell me a little piece of their story, or they'll say, I didn't think that I, that this was um, something that I could deal with all these years later or something like that. But when we began to look at not, I'm not a counselor, I don't mean, but when they listen to me talk about the way that this affects my friendships, the way it affects my relationship with God, the way it affects my marriage, um, and the way it affects my parenting, right? The things that trigger you that you're like, why am I so angry or frustrated or down or what? And a lot of times we can say, because we're believing the lie, that's still linked with that abuse and what the Lord really wanted for me and wants for all of us. I believe this. I'm not special. Like I'm special, but I'm not special. You know what I mean? At what he really wants for all of us is to be free from the lies that are like chains that hold us down. So yeah. So yeah, I do talk about, go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> I just wonder, because I think a lot of how people cope with abuse is through trying to control it because you had a yes. lack of control during the abuse. Yes. But I wonder if through this accident and perhaps other things that other people experience, God uses that to say, let go of all that control and let me have it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm. Let me have it. And not only let me have it, 
but let me do something with it, right? Because it's it's so interesting to me. The thing that I tried to push, and we're talking 25 years of not dealing with it, you know, at least the thing I tried to push and cover and just not talk about and ignore all of those things, right? The thing that I was, the, I carried the most shame about, I was so ashamed, burdened with shame. Um, the thing that I thought was the thing that made me dirty or bad that I was trying to please him to overcome, you know, all of these things actually is like the sweetest part of my story that can be the help most helpful in the world. And, um, I'm still figuring that out because I believe that and I forget it and forget to believe it, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think that's true for all of us. Oftentimes the thing we're running from is the very place where God will say, oh, that's exactly where I want to be working and letting you work, letting like my spirit work through you in, in that place. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, I want everyone to definitely know uh, where to reach you and how to get information from you. I know that we're going to have some things that we're going to put in the show notes, but tell us how people can find you. I know you have some resources that I think people should definitely get their hands on. So tell us a little bit about some of what's on your website and where people can reach you and also on social media. Yeah, I love to. A lot of places I'm live steady on. So the website is livesteadyon.com. The Facebook group is at livesteadyon. Um, and, uh, steady on we have part of what I do is I have a Bible study method called step-by-step and every Tuesday night on the, on the, uh, steady on Facebook page, we do a live Bible study from six to six 30 central. And so, um, if Bible study is something that you like to do, there are dozens of old videos too on there too. You can do that. And then I also send a study sheet out and the, the video Bible study every week in my weekly newsletter. So yeah, I would love to connect with any of anyone that might be listening today. Yeah. And all that stuff is in the show notes. I also have two freebies right now. I have, if you're into the Enneagram at all, uh, I have a podcast mini series called Ennea Longings, where we look at each Enneagram number and the strengths and the stresses and also the core longings. And then I use a verse of scripture that I believe is a promise of God that speaks to that core longing because the thing that core longing in us can be the thing that keeps us striving and chasing, right? But if we claim the promise of God over it, we can it can kind of be a balm to the thing that tends to hurt us. And Amen. so that's available. Yeah, that's available for free. And then also I have the step-by-step masterclass that teaches you how, teaches you that Bible study method that's also for free. And all of that is connected through the website and the link that's in the show notes today. So today uh, at my church, it was an anniversary for the church. And they uh, every year we talked about all the great things that happened the year before. Of course, these last couple of years have been really so different. Um, those of us with an online ministry, um, it, it's it's a great, it's a terrible time, but it's a great time because there's so many, I think more than ever, there's resources out there for people to, to find and to claim. Um, but we also talked about just the, how God has been working. And in fact, we, this was, it was like a little gimmick, but still it was great. So we took a Polaroid picture, like, you know, like a Polaroid picture uh, in church. And then you had to write down what God gave you or what he did for you in 2021. And so I wrote down that God gave me my voice. Mm. If you had to think about what God gave you in 2021 and you had your Polaroid picture, what would you write down? Rest. In 2021, God invited me to give myself permission to rest. 
And rest to me has become an issue of trust as well as we continue to talk about that because his instruction to us is to rest. And my unwillingness to do that is actually saying, I don't trust that your instruction for my life is best. And when he, when he kind of stated it that way, um, I was ashamed at first, which isn't what he wants, you know? And and so then he began to lovingly uh, invite me to look at that and look at my motivations for working and doing and being so production. um, What am I trying to say? Like just focused, right? Like produce, produce, produce. Uh, And he asked me to really look at my calendar and look at my priorities and to make more margin. And it's, it's an ongoing process for me. It's very hard for me. Um, the thing that I did is I, you know, a lot of people push abuse and trauma and those kind of things in different ways. And what I used to cover, it was work and productivity. And so hearing him invite me to a time of rest. Yeah. Hearing him invite me to a time of rest is one of the scariest. And he knows that. And he's so kind and he's so gentle, but yes, I would take a picture of myself and I would write rest at the top And I would say, I am very imperfect at it, but I value it and believe in it and trust in it more than I ever have in my whole life. So good. So good. Andy, I've enjoyed this conversation. I mean, we just can go on and on. And I think we will. I think we're maybe going to go on a live, perhaps. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So listeners, uh, look out for that. But yeah, no, so good. I I think that um, the message that you have is so important. I definitely think it dovetails into, you know, what I think he's given me. I really appreciate the work you've done to fight your way back from the accident to be the daughter that you are today. So I just want to thank you for for coming on the show and sharing everything. Thank you for the opportunity to just talk with you and hopefully encourage your listeners today. I appreciate it, Yvette. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to hear previous episodes and to learn more about our ministry and books. Support Positively Joy by becoming a Patreon member and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks to Mars Coleman for the use of his song, The Joy of Knowing. And thanks to Susan Marie for editing and production of the podcast. Till next week. Oh, the joy of knowing. The joy of knowing.